Well, I will try to have a short sermon today for the sake of the kids, because I know they'll get antsy. But I have uh, my friend here, and uh, today I'm going to be preaching on something that is probably the most common story in the Bible. It's David and Goliath. The reason I say it's the most common is because even if you're not a believer, and even if you're not Jewish, you know the David and Goliath story. And so one thing that is a a negative thing about being so familiar with the story is that we lose the aspect of how real it was and what it was like. And so today when I'm preaching... Um, I'm more going to be speaking from the story of you being there or giving you ideas of what it was actually like to help jog your memory and your senses to make it real. Because it's real up here in our brains, but we want to make it real in our hearts. And so with Goliath, Goliath says he was 10 feet tall, almost. This is only 8 feet to the top of his hat. So in reality, he would have been about this high. And he would have been bigger, or just as big of wide, of width, as the gingerbread man. (laughs) So he will be there. And so I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. Lord, I ask you to bless us with your imagination. Lord, I ask you to open up the eyes of our heart, and give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. So for anybody online or who wants to know the scriptures, I'm going to be going over 1 Samuel 16 and 17. I'm not going to be necessarily reading from it. I'm going to be talking about the story of it to engage with the kids and to engage with you in a new way. So, in the beginning, Samuel comes to town, right? And so Samuel is probably the second most powerful person in Israel. And so we can't really imagine that, right? So think of, if you're a kid or an adult, think of like Patrick Mahomes came to your, your house and was going to hang out with you guys for a little bit. And so imagine Patrick Mahomes comes. So Samuel comes to Jesse's house and tells Jesse, bring all your sons. I want to meet them. And so Jesse brings seven sons and sits at a table with him. And God told Samuel before he came that you are going to anoint the new king. The next king in line you're going to anoint. And it's going to be from Jesse's house. So when Samuel gets there, he sees this first guy, and he's really big, really strong, and he's the oldest son. And Samuel says, "Ah, I know that's going to be the guy, right, Lord? And the Lord says to Samuel, no, I don't look at the exterior of what somebody looks like. I look at what's in the person's heart. And so Samuel goes to each son, and God says, no, 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 no. There were seven of them, and all of them said no. And Samuel's confused because he's like, I'm here. God told me to come here. You said all of these kids are not the new king. Who's the new king? And he says, do you have another son, Jesse? And they said, yep, he's out in the fields with the sheep. He's like, well, go bring the youngest in. Let me see him. And as soon as he walks in, the Lord speaks to him and says, that's the new king. Anoint him. So that's a fascinating thing, because imagine how you would feel right now if somebody popular like Patrick Mahomes came to your house to eat, and you're out mowing the yard or raking the leaves, and nobody tells you that he's there. 
And everybody else in the family knows. Everybody else was gathered from all over to come and sit. There was a reason for that. David was neglected. David was not liked by his family members. He wasn't appreciated by his family members. And there's other scriptures in the story that will explain that to us. But so David gets anointed, Samuel leaves, and then the next story that comes into play is that there's a war going on, a big battle between the Israelites and the Philistines. And David's home with his dad, and his dad says, hey, I want you to take this food to your three older brothers who are in war right now. So David takes the food, he travels to the place where there's war, he gets there, and he's looking around for his brothers, and what does he see? He hears and sees Goliath, big Goliath, making fun of Israelites, and making fun of God, and cursing them, and saying, who, who will fight me? And nobody, it says in the scripture that when Goliath was speaking, it brought fear over the whole camp of Israel. Can you imagine the fear that they felt? It said that it lasted for 40 days. David showing up on the 40th day of Goliath coming forward and uh, speaking to them. And what Goliath is saying is, he will fight anybody. You bring your best warrior forward, and I'm the best warrior of my camp, and whoever wins, the other team has to be our slaves. And so Saul, the king of Israel, made a decree, said, if anybody would fight him, I will give you riches, I will give you my daughter to marry, and your family, your father, won't have to pay taxes anymore. So these are big things, and nobody in the whole camp is willing to fight him. But David comes on the scene, and he hears it, and he's saying, why is it anybody wanting to fight him? Why are we scared? Why are we worried about this guy? We know who God is. And when he's saying it, his oldest brother hears it, and his older brother starts criticizing him. He says, hey, you're just a stupid little brother. You're just coming here to watch us fight. You don't know anything. And he's criticizing David, and he criticized him so much that David, if you read the scripture, it says, the phrase that he says out loud is, oh great, what did I do now? If somebody says that, that means that they have experienced a lot of negativity towards them, that they're always doing something wrong, they're never doing anything right, and his older brother is tearing him down because he had courage, and his older brother doesn't. But when David was saying all this, somebody heard it. And they ran to Saul, and they said, hey, we found somebody that's willing to fight. And they're like, okay, bring the guy over. And so David shows up. David's a small little guy, right? And so with that, better make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. Okay. So with that, David is brought before Saul. And Saul looks at him. He's like, you're just a boy. You know, like, you're not going to be able to fight Goliath. And his response is so fascinating. He says, I was delivered by the Lord from the bear and from the lion, and I killed both of them. So what he was saying is when he was a shepherd, when he was out there with the sheep, he was protecting them, and a lion and a bear came in and grabbed them and took off with one of the sheep. And it says that David ran after them, got them, and it says he grabbed the beard or the mane of the lion. So who's seen a lion on TV? Anybody seen a lion on TV? How many of you seen uh, a lion at the zoo? All right. 
How many of you seen a lion in person? Not in a zoo. In the wild. You got some back there. There's a few people that have seen it. So can you imagine a boy running up to a lion and grabbing it by the beard and killing it? You have to have courage. You have to have the understanding that God is with you and not against you. And it's fascinating because in this story, David doesn't blame God for the sheep being taken by the bear or the lion. He rejoices saying, no, God delivered me from the bear and the lion. But he's using this story as a stepping stone of why he can attack Goliath. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this for just a minute. We think of David as a story a lot of times. It's hard for us to imagine what his age was. So I'm just going to give you a couple facts, and you can kind of come to your own conclusion. So it says that David brought food to his three oldest brothers. His three oldest brothers were in the war. Well, how old do you have to be to be in the army? Well, in Numbers, I'll make sure I say this right, Numbers, somewhere in Numbers, Numbers 1, verse 45, it says that you have to be 20 years old or older to be in the army. So we can conclude that the three oldest brothers is 20 and above. But that means David is the eighth son. So there's four more kids between him and the ones that are in the war. And so if you imagine if that person starts at 20, and so the next one would be 19, 18, 17, 16, David's 15. And that's if you had a kid every year, which is not likely. The other option is maybe he, that Jesse had another wife. The scripture doesn't really say. But we can imagine, it'd be safe to say that David, when he was going to face Goliath here, could have been 13, could have been 14, could have been 12. A very young person, but he had the faith and the knowledge of who God was. Now, when we think of that, Saul then was, it says in the scripture that Saul, with the Israelites, was a head taller than everybody else. So he was a very tall man himself. And he takes his armor and he puts it on David. So imagine somebody like me putting my armor, who wants to have my armor? Right? Okay. So imagine me putting my armor on him. And imagine how he would feel the weight. Imagine how he wouldn't be able to move. And what he says is, I can't fight in this. That's what David said to Saul. And that's a key thing, a principle for us to understand is that we can't fight like the other people around us. God has given us our own armor, our own identity, our own structure, our own life experiences to fight. If I try to fight like Matt, I'm not going to be successful because I'm not Matt. I'm me. So I need to be me, and I need to be strong in who I am. And so David comes, and he says, I can't take any of this stuff, Saul. I'm going to take my, what does he take? A sling? Slingshot with some rocks and a staff and a stick. And he goes out to Goliath to fight. And Goliath gets there, and he sees David. And he looks at David, and he's like, what is this? This is a boy. I'm a man, I'm the champion of my army, and you're bringing a boy out to fight me. 
And one of the things that I think is really cool is David responds and says, I'm going to cut off your head. He says that, but David doesn't have a sword. So he's telling Goliath, I'm going to take your sword and I'm going to cut off your head. And Goliath is like, there's no way in the world that this little kid is going to get my sword and cut off my head. And so it says David was really fast. Is anybody really fast in here? Any kids really fast? So it says he starts running, and he's running. He grabs his uh, rock out of his sling, and how many rocks did he put in there? Five. Five. Good. Now, remember that. We're going to go back to that in a minute. So he puts five in there. He takes one out. He's winging around. Whoop! And it says it hit him right in the head, and it sunk in, and it killed him. He fell face down and died. David runs up to him, grabs the sword, and chops off his head. Right? And so when we imagine the chop, it's usually like a one swing, like whoosh. But in reality, if you ever try to chop off somebody's head, you're probably hitting it like numerous times, <laughs> trying to just really chop it. And blood squirting up everywhere, right? And he grabs the head up and he holds it in the air like a trophy. And when he did that, the fear that was on the Israelites from Goliath then went to the Philistines. And they were filled with fear and they ran. And the Israelites were filled with courage and, and pursued them. All right? So that is a, a big swing, right, in the war. Like, boom, out of nowhere. Now, this, the, I'm going to say this. Um, and I want you to think about it. So we're going to go to the sling, right? So David's sling. What is a sling? Right? It's like a slingshot, right? Like you put rocks in it and you shoot things. Uh-huh. A sling. And so with a sling, how did he practice? What did he do? He was out with the sheep and he had a sling. How many in here have Nerf guns? Anybody have Nerf guns in their house? BB guns? Maybe real guns? Something? So what can you do? Now, here's a real question. You have to yell it if you have an answer. If you have your Nerf gun and your bullets and you're by yourself and you want to play with your Nerf gun, what is one thing that you do? Targets. Right. Every single person in the entire world who has a weapon or a gun or whatever and you're bored and you're a kid, you set up targets. You're an adult. You set up targets. You can do that and you enjoy it. You're just practicing. You're just having fun. So picture David having fun, being bored, watching his sheep, practicing throwing rocks. Now, what kind of rocks skip the best? Hard rocks, flat rocks, like when you go to the river and you're skipping them, right? How do you, who told you that they were the, that flat ones are the ones to grab? Your dad. You're older people. It was passed down most of the time. So David, when he, when he was going to battle, where did he go? It says that he went to the creek bed to find the five, the five rocks. He knew, he was prepared in, in preparing that he knew that the flat rocks flew the best in his sling. It was something that he's practiced. It was something that he stewarded, but he was just doing it mostly for fun and maybe he used it to attack the bears or to scare off the wolves. But the Bible doesn't say that. 
So with that, we have to think about, well, I'll just read it. The simple things in our life prepares us for the victories in the future. I'll say that again. The simple things in our life prepares us for the victories in the future. So David was just having fun, playing with his rocks, watching over the sheep, and God used that years later to conquer a giant. He used that skill. So think of the things that you do as little kids or as adults that you are doing on a day-to-day basis that is preparing you for you to be victorious in the next season and the next problem that arises. So like an example, like if you're a kid and you're building forts, do we build forts? You guys build tents? You, you figure out structure. You doing that in the, in the future could help you want to be an architect, could want you to build a treehouse, could make you want to redo your kitchen. If you're an adult, you being faithful as a kid in writing and singing and whatever you put your hands to is preparing you for the problems that come ahead for you to be victorious in. God has not forgotten us, and he's using the small things in our life. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. He gives us these small things, and they're things that we enjoy. It doesn't have to be a burden. Things that you like to do, he can use for his good. So for me, if you know me, I love tailgating. I will tailgate for hours upon hours. If there's a baseball game, I will show up four hours early. I will sit in the, the whole parking lot by ourselves because nobody else is there that early for a baseball game. And we will play games and we will have music and we'll play cornhole. And I love it. It's something that I enjoy. But when I'm doing that, what happens is a lot of times people start showing up and they'll come over and hang out with us. And then I'm able to, and we're playing cornhole, and we're enjoying one another, and they'll be like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, really? And then I'll start telling them about Jesus. There's modes that the Lord uses in us that we enjoy that he can turn at a flip of a coin to spread the good news, to love on each other. Does that make sense? So I'm going to give you a couple scriptures. And you're going to write these scriptures down probably. So I'm just going to tell you the scriptures first and I'm going to tell you why. You're going to want to write the scriptures down because you've probably never heard this before in your life. And you have to go test what, I, what I'm going to say up here. I know Dennis is already writing. All right, 2 Samuel 21, verse 18 through 22. Chronicles Chapter 20, verse 5. Uh, I'm hoping first. First Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 5. Well, Second Chronicles, verse 20, you could just put 4 through 7. That'd probably be easier. The first one is Second Samuel, chapter 21, verse 18 through 22. All right, I'll go through the whole list at the end because I want to tell the story. How many of you know that there's more giants mentioned in the Bible? How many of you know that there were more giants in David's time? 
So what these stories tell us is, depending on what version you have and what scripture you read, it shows that Goliath was the champion of the giants. He had a brother, and he had three sons. Goliath had three sons. So in each one of these verses, it explains the giants that were in the land. Now, can you tell me, so I just listed four, right? So Goliath's brother, Goliath had three sons, and Goliath himself, five. How many stones did David grab? Five. I have this theory, and it's a theory, you can't find it anywhere, is I have this theory that David and everybody on the Philistine side could see the other giants on the other side. And in David's mind, he thought, after I kill Goliath, I'm going to get the other four. And that's why he grabbed five stones. Now, you can't prove that. That's just something that I hold on to because it gives me faith and courage. But one thing that's interesting is in 2 Samuel 21, verse 16, the story is, is that David is fighting a son of Goliath. And David's losing. David's about ready to die by this other giant. And then David's third oldest brother comes in and kills that giant. And because of that, Israel, the army, said, David, we don't want you to come to battle anymore. Because if you die, we will be lost. So he was at the close of death. And, he was a, and his brother came in and saved him. Okay? And then all these other giants died. The interesting thing is that each giant got killed by somebody different. The other four people who killed a giant were all there the day when David was there. Each one of those people were there scared out of their minds for 40 days and didn't have the faith or the courage to go attack them. But because they saw David, David gave them faith saying, hey, if you can use him, you can use me. And it gave them the courage to go fight the giants. I believe that the Lord in this season is wanting to strengthen our hearts with faith that we don't have to be afraid of the giants ahead of us. If you think it's the economy, if you think it's a family member, if you think it's a job, wherever you have the difficulties arising from, he's giving you the tools, that rock, to be able to tear that down and then to be victorious and to grab your trophy and to raise it up to the Lord and say, this is what you did. Because it says that David grabbed Goliath's head, you know, so think of the blood and all the brains are coming out and he grabs the head. So it's a huge head. It's not like a balloon. It's like a massive head. He grabs it and it says he carries it all the way to Jerusalem. Like he wouldn't let it go. He was showing everybody, this is what the Lord does. And he also took Goliath's weapons as plunder. He took the, the property that was very valuable that he was able to, to reap from. And so in this season, I, I ask you guys to ask the Lord what rocks he's given you. What things that you enjoy is he going to open up doors for you to step into that if you, all you have to do is say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. You know, Dennis does... What do you do, Dennis? Some kind of trading. Day trading. So Dennis does this throughout the week. He comes in here and he's doing it. And he enjoys it. You look at him. He likes looking at the computer. He likes figuring out where the lines are going to go. He likes digesting it all. Right? He's enjoying doing that. 
And the Lord is going to open up doors for Dennis to teach others and then also to teach him them the principles of how God is the one who has the wealth and gives it to people. That's the testimony. That's the stone that's going to tear down what? The poverty mindset. It's going to tear down I never have enough money. Those stones that Dennis is gathering is something that he enjoys to do, but it also takes work. He has to practice, just like how David had to practice throwing the rock. We have to practice the things that we are good at so that we will be victorious when the battle arises. Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to pray for us, and we'll be done. Jesus, I thank you that you are bigger than Goliath. Lord, I thank you that you've given us rocks, you've given us ideas, you've given us joy. Lord, let us be victorious in this season. I just prophesy over 2023, Lord. A season of victory, a season of blessing, a season of fruitfulness, a season of leaning into you and your goodness and stepping out in faith without fear. Move upon our hearts, Lord, and give us divine ideas from heaven to use the gifts that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good day. Happy New Year. I'll give those scriptures one last time. I forgot. Second uh, Samuel chapter 21, verse 18 through 22. Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter 20, 4 through 7.